fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Brought to you by the good people as you wrote at the Rotor Street Journal. Paving your way, acting as your lead blocker to fantasy glory, fantasy excellence, fantasy championships. I, of course, am your host, Nat the Truth Jones. With me, as always, the wolf of Roto Street himself. And we are going to be doing our Week 12 reaction show post-Thanksgiving, pre-Monday Night Football. Wolf, we're not going to spend too much time on this because we got a 13-minute late start. But I am as mad as I've ever been in the history of my fantasy football career. And I've been playing fantasy football since like the early nineties. So I, I, I'm so, so angry. Like my, the last four days of my life have been terrible. It wouldn't have anything to do with Tony Jones. Would it? It would have everything to do with Tony Jones, <laughs> Tony Jones, Jr. To be exact. Like it's squeak. I'm, I'm just, it's, I'm beyond frustrated. I'm so stupid. I cannot believe that I started that clown. I watched him for like the first series of the game. And I was like, oh, the usage is there. Oh, they're giving him carries. And I forgot to take one thing into consideration. He sucks. Yep. <laughs> it would be like pounding the rock with me. We're going to give Nat the Truth Jones 30 carries. Well, guess what? I'm going to take those 30 carries for like six yards. <laughs> well, at least his body held, held up. If you took yeah, 30 carries, I don't yeah. know if you survived more than two of them. But no, I, I, yes. right. And six yards might be generous. I don't know. Depends <laughs> what kind of line I'm going behind. But like yeah. it was so terrible. It cost me the win. Um, and I had Christian McCaffrey, who got me three and a half points. That's a whole different story. I'm much madder about Tony Jones because that was a decision I made because I'm an idiot. Yeah. And so now I need Joey Sly to kick like five 50 yard field goals tonight. Hey, you never know. Big leg Sly could always happen. No, that sucks, man. And and yeah, if I told you a running back was going to get 16 carries and you could plug and play him off the wave wire, most of the time that's going to work. Like this is just a new level of suck. He was horrendous. Their line was even worse. I actually don't know if he could be worse than that slug. Never again. He's going to be a very fun hate cut. If there's any, any type of silver lining, what an absolute bag of shit. Thankfully, it didn't ruin it, my week. I yeah. actually got bailed out by none other than the Bengals' defense, of all people. Picked them up on Sunday morning. Figured, you know, bad right. offensive line, good D-line, and the immobile Ben Roethlisberger. I didn't expect 20 points to come out of them, but that saved me. That bailed me out because, honestly, I probably would have lost without them, too. So, thank God for the Bengals' defense. Who thought I would ever be saying that this year, either? It's funny. Uh, it's funny because I if, if I were betting on football this week, like uh, these games – the one game that I considered to be an absolute lock was I thought the Bengals would crush the Steelers. And that ended up happening exactly the way I thought. Of course, I've made no bets on it, so I get nothing for it. I also had a huge defensive performance. I had the Miami Dolphins defense uh, oh. against the hapless Carolina Panthers. And they actually got me like 26 points, but it wasn't enough to recover from the CMC Tony Jones debacle. That defense has truly turned it around in like a historic fashion. They were one of the laughing stocks of the NFL for the first five, six weeks, three, of the last four weeks, they've scored like over 18 fantasy points and they've been just unstoppable. You know, Cam Newton stream of the week, right? Well, we'll talk about him in a sec, but all these players against Miami were must plays for so long. Lamar Jackson on Thursday night, they're shutting everybody down. This team they, is they just turnaround like crazy. Remember what? Absolutely. Yeah. I know you just references. Remember what they did to the Ravens. I mean, they just made them look ridiculously bad. And now the Ravens are, uh, what are they the number one team in the AFC right now? Somehow, yeah, yeah. Okay, barely snuck Whatever. by last night. I don't know what the hell's going on. All right, let's get right into this. We got a barn burner of a Monday night game tonight between oh. the three and seven Seahawks, I think, and maybe four and six Washington football team. Uh, you know, I remember a time that I would have been really excited to see that game, but not today. Not today, sir. Anyway, no, not at all. We're uh, getting into some. Monster injuries here. Oh, wait, you're going to Monday Night Football I, stuff first? Go ahead. I, I, there's nothing really to talk about. Like you said, it, it, you know, hideous game. Uh, is, hopefully we can see the Seahawks turn around. That's the one thing I'm looking for. Russell Wilson gets the easiest matchup a quarterback could have. Literally the most points allowed to QB is the Washington football team. So this will be a pretty telling sign. Like if he can't get it done tonight, and I wouldn't be relying on him. I'm hoping, you know, most of you guys haven't. I think he was my QB 13, 14, 
maybe just maybe you have to go toss him in there. And, and this could tell us, yeah, this passing game might have some juice the rest of this year, or it could be hideous. The one guy that's out there in a lot of waiver leagues, there's two of them actually. The most intriguing to me is DJ Dallas, because right now they're down to just DJ Dallas and Alex Collins. We've seen the Alex Collins experiment. It is hideous. It's awful. He hasn't had more than five fantasy points in three straight weeks. Maybe DJ Dallas takes this backfield over or Collins gets hurt. He's been playing through a bunch of injuries. I don't know. That's more so like if you have a Jeff Wilson, like, like I do, and I just cut him because a lot of leagues will allow you to cut these guys, stash someone at a time. So I think he is viable. And maybe a Gerald Everett I've seen out there in like 80% of leagues. Had an eight-catch day last time out there. Really not a whole lot more. Jarrett Patterson, I guess, would be the backup to Gibson if anything ever happened to him. But those are the kind of the Monday night football stashes. I do think it's something, if you have bench trash, such as Tony motherfucking Jones, if he's not in your starting lineup and you can get rid of him now, might as well do it ahead of time. See, it gives you a little something to watch for tonight and could end up playing big for you. See what happens. Can, before we get into this, and we're going to get into it fast, uh, I just want to put out a real quick hypothetical scenario for you. Yeah. Uh, as far as just what would be the thing that would make me the most angry of anything I could possibly imagine. Cause that's what I like thinking about in situations like this. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm going to hate cut Tony Jones with the most, you know, just the violent passion Bigger. that comes out. Yeah. Of me. I'm going to hate cut that guy. The second I can, if Tony Jones runs for like four touchdowns next week, that probably will. I don't know how he possibly could because, again, he seems like he's like a middle schooler playing uh, professional football. But if that were to happen, that's when, like, you know, I might do something drastic. And I don't know what that would be, but it would be – it would it would probably make the news. Anyway. Go to, uh, go to his house, yeah. yeah right. I would at least want to have, like, a face-to-face conversation with the guy and just really just be like – Yeah. Right. All right, anyway. Tony. We got to settle right. on in. Come on in, Tony. You, you've fun. ruined my life. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're gonna we're gonna get into some crucial injuries, several of which affect me, of course, because all injuries affect me. Um, give us a like. We need it. I need it personally. <laughs> this is for me. Like I need like some sort of validation from the public. Just be like, hey man, we like you. You're a good guy. Make, make right. it through, baby. You'll make it through. <laughs> I know I will, but I'm it's gonna be rough. And all right, injury hell. Let's talk about Christian McCaffrey. Uh proud member of my fantasy football team that I spent 77 auction dollars on. He is done for the season. He is going to be followed up by the impressive backfield of Chuba Hubbard and Amir Abdullah. He rolled his ankle early in the game, came back briefly in the second quarter. It was nothing uh, and left with a walking boot. Now he's on the IR and he's out for the year. Um, I will just tell you personally, as far as Chuba, as far as Amir Abdullah, I I have no interest at all in Chuba. Like I I absolutely not. I think Carolina is terrible. I think they're not going anywhere. I think the only case you could make for a Carolina running back would be they're going to get down early. They're going to pass out of the backfield. If that happens, and it's a big if, I'm not running out for either of these guys. Abdul is the the target to me. Yeah, ran 21 routes compared to four for uh, Hubbard. Yeah, definitely seems like he would be the more viable option here. But it's a gross committee. That's the one thing. Chuba was okay as a fill-in for a while. He was seeing over 80% of the carries, running some routes, doing some damage in that sense. But even then, he never had a single running back one performance on a single top 12 game, right. even with all the volume. Now it's a split backfield. Oh, and they get the Bills, the Bucks, and the Saints in the fantasy playoffs. No, thank you. There's no, you know, if you're going to go splurge on the waiver wire this week, it's not for Hubbard. It's for the next guy. And that would be Alexander Madison because Dalvin Cook is looking at a tough injury, torn labrum, uh, separated shoulder. Not considered season ending. He looked like he like got hit by a car or something. Yeah. On that. Yeah. I, mean, I was just like cringing. It was the way he buckled and was banging. Like it was, it yeah. was yeah. especially as somebody that has him on my teams. Yeah. It was, it was awful to watch. Good to know he might be back at some point. If I can survive long enough to the fantasy playoffs without him, I should make the playoffs this weekend. Maybe not. But if he's out for as long as he's out, we know Alexander Madison, you know the drill, 20-plus carries in both of his starts without him. Touchdown in one of them, over 100 yards in both. Had another touchdown this last week. And, oh, he gets Detroit this week. So if he's out there in a lot of leagues, I have him stashed in a lot of leagues where I don't have Cook. Not really a consolation, though, the fact that I lost Cook in my biggest of leagues. Still, though, if he's somehow out there, and he was out there in about 50% of the, the leagues entering the week, which, again, at this time of the year, what are we doing? Kind of makes you think you know, maybe we go out and get Sony Michelle, some of these other. You know, we always talk about cuffing season, right? We'll talk about them tomorrow 
on our waiver wire show, but we have officially reached it. Alexander Madison's one of those cuffs that should be owned every single week, all year long. Uh, very few guys that can say that. So if he's somehow out there in your league, he is worth every single penny and then your house as well to go get this guy. Will be a smash top five running back play against Detroit this week and top 12 really any week that Cook is out given how productive that zone running scheme is. It's just a general good offense. So Alexander Madison, a smash play. Then Jamal Williams with DeAndre Swift out. Should We've seen him in spot starts uh, dating back to last year with Aaron Jones and multiple years with Aaron Jones whenever he was out. Williams isn't a sexy play, but gets volume and does does fine with it. So catches in that backfield. It's such a high, highly targeted share to the backfield in that Detroit scheme. I imagine Jamal Williams will have about five to eight catches any given week he's filling in for Swift. There's no word yet quite how long that's going to be, but he's also out there in a ton of leagues. So I would rank by far the backup situation. Madison, league of his own. Jamal Williams, a little bit farther behind. And then, as you mentioned, Shuba Hubbard, eh, I'd rather have Amir Abdullah, who probably will go a little bit more under the radar at that point. Because we're going to talk about we're going to talk about one of the reasons that Chuba Hubbard and the Panthers are just have an absolute zero. He's actually second on our quarterback list, but we're going to talk about him first since we're talking about the Panthers right now. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Cam Newton. Let's talk about if you want to talk about one of the worst games. All right. So I, I talk about Tony Jones. That's about the worst football game I've ever seen from a running back. Just about. This is literally one of the worst games I've ever seen a professional quarterback play. This Cam Newton game. He went five for 21. He got picked off twice. How many yards did he throw for? Like 90? I think 84. Okay, 84. (laughs) He had a 64-yard pass early in the game. Okay? It did not go for a touchdown. It was a 64-yard pass. (laughs) And so if you take that pass out, he went four for 20 for like 20 yards and two picks in a football game. Like, yeah, can you against the Dolphins? Awesome. He, I mean, he was terrible. Remember, he was like, I'm back. It's like, no, you're not, dude. <laughs> you could just see it. I've seen some pretty funny memes of like the I'm back. It just looks so much better. It's like, I suck. Like, that's literally what it looks like. Him yelling to the camera. <laughs> I mean, that is exactly what happened. Awful. And not even fantasy goodness. Like, yeah, he had that one rushing touchdown, which got him to like eight points, but just horrendous. In fact, that was the worst five for 21. No quarterback has done that. Since I believe Joey Harrington uh, <laughs> tossed that name back out. Oh, no Oregon Ducks. Yeah, abysmal yeah. Uh, with the Lions back in the day. That was the last time a starter has thrown 20 pass attempts and completed less than six. Awful. I mean, I mean <laughs> if, if I said to you the Panthers aren't going to win another game for the rest of the year, you wouldn't be like, truth, you're crazy. I'd be shocked if they did win one, to be right. honest. Okay. Like, who, okay. who are they going to beat? I know right. they have the Falcons and they have some bad teams on the schedule, but. Truly, uh, who could they actually compete with without Christian McCaffrey? I don't know. Uh, yeah, Cam is abysmal. He's going to be their starter moving forward. They already endorsed him. What? Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, honestly. Uh, yeah. Okay. Maybe fantasy-wise, like, the, again, the rushing upside is still kind of there. So I'm looking at, like, Rogers' bye week next week. If Cam gets cut, it's like between him or Daniel Jones for me. I might go after Cam still just because the rushing upside is there. But, yeah, this was hideous. This was abysmal. He is not – an NFL quarterback any longer. It, it was just, I, I don't know. There's nothing really more to say other than pure shit. And not much right, better. Let's go to G- Lamar, Lamar Jackson. No. <laughs> Four interceptions in a TD. Uh, and they won. Yeah, they somehow won that game. I just, I can't believe it. You know why? Because Baker Mayfield is fucking terrible. Yeah. He's awful. He'll be on this list too. <laughs> yeah, not, not a good performance by him at all. This is kind of an interesting list here. There's very few ups at the quarterback position. A I lot know. of downs this week, uh, including Lamar Jackson. Just abysmal. Abysmal quarterbacking play. You did see 17 carries. That's continuing the trend of the most season high. Uh, uh, that was team high this week. He's clearly on pace for the most carries of his career. So that's kind of keeping him somewhat afloat. Still, though, this is just bad. 12 fantasy points from this guy who ranks consistently top three. You got to just recognize the floor is not really high with this one. Tom Brady, speaking oh. of other guys that were down, and I went against Tom Brady. So, unfortunately, I went against Tom Brady, I went against Leonard Fournette, and I went against Gronk. So, it's pretty much if the Bucks were going to score, I was going to hemorrhage points. I did get, get lucky and have yeah. one Ronald Jones touchdown. Um, I don't – remember Brady's exact stat line. I, I I angrily turned off the TV at some point and stopped watching it, but I know that he was sub 20 fantasy points again, yep. and that's three games in a row. Um, in the first 
eight games of the year, he went over 24 six times. So yeah. it, it was not an impressive fantasy game for him. Of course, there was no doubt in my mind when it came down to it. And at the end, they were going to beat the Colts, and they did. But fantasy-wise, yeah. there's another guy that's down. And Jalen Hurts also, right? Let's talk no. about Jalen Hurts. Let's talk about more guys that are down. Exactly. Uh, another multiple interception. Just a pathetic day. Ruined CJ, our resident hero, uh, his survivor league. He was one of like 30 teams that started in like a 2,000 people pool. And he picked the Eagles this week. Jalen Hurts ruined that for him. Too bad. Yes, we did get 77 rushing yards. Similar to Lamar Jackson's like, okay, I guess that buoys the floor a little bit. But another guy that even with 77 rushing yards, similar to Cam, similar to Lamar, still had a sub 12 point fantasy day. And that sucks because all season he's been above the first time he's actually scored single digits all year. He's been above 20 in all but three games. The floor has been astronomical all year. His playoff schedule is completely cakewalk. So I think he will rebound okay. But these are the type of games that there still is that chance. One of these games he just gets benched for Gardner Mitchell in mid, you know, at, at the half of the game, the team decides we want to see what else is out there. These types of performances are going to make those more likelihood. I had figured he played himself away from that in these recent weeks. If we get another one or two of these types of games, you might not see him with that juicy playoff schedule. So pretty sketchy indeed. Well, before we go to Baker Mayfield to round out our just like crap fest of quarterback play this week, let me just ask you this. How bad do you have to throw the football to rush for 77 yards and finish with single digit fantasy points as a quarterback? Extra abysmal, as bad as can be, right? Because you're already at eight. You just need two. <laughs> you points. just literally <laughs> need to throw minutes. for 50 yards. Yeah. And yep. Yeah. Awful. Baker, Baker Mayfield. Uh, and Kevin uh, Stefanski has said he will not be benching Baker Mayfield after the team's week 12 loss to the Ravens, which personally I think is a mistake because I think Case Keenum is better yeah. than Baker, at least this version of Baker. I mean, he threw for 247 and a touchdown, but. He seemed way worse than that to me. I don't know how you felt about it. He, he never seemed like he was going to do anything. You, the Browns don't have a chance to win when they have this guy like right now. I mean, he is awful. I guess, of course, with a run game, they could always be in it. But, man, yeah, Baker is just awful. He's he's bad. And, it's, yeah, he's injured, and that's probably playing a big part into it. But I think, in general, he's just not that good. I, I don't know. It will, it'll be interesting to see if they pick up that fifth-year option. I'm, I'm sure they will. You know, why not get one more pretty cheap year out of the guy? But, yeah, he – he sucks. He, I don't think he's a real legit NFL quarterback. It would not be surprised to see him out of the league and it's at least a backup, like Trubisky type of situation. I guess the only riser this week, Josh Allen, and he already was among your top two to three for the season, but good to see him rebound with 264 TDs. Did throw two picks, so still not like the best of performances, but still the QB one of the week. I don't know. Chat, let us know. Are we missing a QB riser? Because I was making the list. Like, Who can we hang our hat on this week? as a, a great fantasy play at quarterback, was there like truly anybody that mm. that, Rogers, that that quarterback crushed? Rogers looked pretty good. Rogers did look great actually. And Stafford on the other side. Yeah. He like made some shitty real life throws fantasy wise. He ended up getting it done pretty well. Right. What do you get to like 25, 26? Yeah. Yeah. He was a 20. He was around his average. I would say. Um, but the Rams, I, I would have also, as far as games that I would have considered locks, I considered Green Bay a lock to beat the Rams. It was actually closer than I thought it would be. Um, and that man. game was like a pick em. It was like a one-point game, uh, one-point spread. And I was like, there's no way the Packers aren't going to win this game. Um, all right, give us a like. We're going to move on to running backs. Um, Jonathan Taylor, he's the number one running back, obviously. Um, uh, but he has not actually finished outside the top 10 uh, in weekly running back fantasy scoring since week three which is absolutely nuts. Right now, he's RB8 going into this game. So his streak is technically in jeopardy. If whoever, whatever paper cutout uh, is running the ball for the Seattle Seahawks does better than him <laughs> or uh, Washington, then he could end up maybe possibly not being in the top 10. I don't see it happening. Taylor struggled a little bit, especially in the first half against Tampa Bay. He did pick it up and rush for like 60 yards by himself in a drive like in the fourth quarter, and he did score. Not one of his biggest games, but I think he probably had 15 PPR points, something like that. Not too bad. Yeah, 83 yards, TD, uh, four catches, 14. Playing, right. again, right around that like 70% snap share that we've seen him take over this year. And it just goes to show, you know, like back-to-back -back games and bottom five quote-unquote matchups the rest of the Bills and the Bucks to be top 10 in both of those, including last week, which he get 185, five touchdowns. Well, 
especially with McCaffrey's injury, but he already should have been the number one on any rest of season, big boards, rankings, any of that stuff clearly locks him in the fact he's doing this. And now he gets the, the Texans coming up and, and a playoff schedule that is pretty juicy. Got to love him moving forward. Easy, easy, easy to say. But a guy that I don't think is quite as obvious, but now ranked my number five running back on my rest of the season big board. Only Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, uh, the aforementioned Jonathan Taylor, and Austin Eckler ahead of this guy. The guy you bench for Tony Jones, Eli Mitchell, is now up in my top five running backs rest of the season. Top 10 on the rest of the season big board. The biggest leaper overall just in front of everybody after seeing 27 carries, 32 total touches, 32 of 35 running back touches. That was a 91% share of the backfield touches. He also played 70% of snaps coming off a broken finger game. So I know there was some skeptical, like skepticism. Can he even use his left hand? Are they going to kind of mask him? He can't catch the ball, right? He did it all and he did it all better than he's done all year. 133 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Uh, just dripping chunk play after chunk play churning, churning, churning. Clearly the guy, he has not handled less than 72% of the backfield touches in any of the seven full games he's played this year. He's locked in and he now gets the easiest playoff schedule among all running backs. To me, there's no one else other than, again, those top four guys I said that I would rather have moving forward rest of the season. He's a monster. I love Cordero Patterson, by the way. He'd be right. He'd be probably the, the, him and Mitchell is like a toss up, I guess. And we'll talk about Patterson in a little bit, but yeah. I mean, even without CMC, those are my two running backs. Like that's that's, pretty damn good. Yeah. It's pretty damn good. I'm I'm sure I'll sell one of them for a bag of magic beans or something. Cause I'm a (laughs) moron. Uh, Leonard Fournette. (laughs) I went against this guy. Uh, He's he's another guy that's probably not too far outside that range. 17 carries, 100 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. 0% stuffed rate. Don't know what that means, but it sounds pretty good. Uh, Seven receptions, 31 yards, and another touchdown for good measure, just to really cram it up my ass. Um, (laughs) Great game, Lenny. Absolutely. And I remember, you know, I think he was my lower running back of the week in our, you know, higher, lower Hail Mary because Ronald Jones is involved in the strike, right? He did vulture a touchdown. Oh, no, he didn't get to five TDs. That was just a monster performance. Lenny's been so dominant all year. I, he should never have been on the lower list. He was in the Millie Macon lineup alongside Joe Mixon, who was the other running back in the Millie Making lineup with 28 carries, 165 yards, two scores. He's now had two touchdowns in four straight games. Unbelievable performances from this guy. Uh, four receptions for negative two receiving yards. So not the highlight of his game, but still – Heavily involved in every aspect. 165 might be a career high rushing if I'm not mistaken. It is. It is. Yeah. So he's now gone to running back four, running back 24, running back two, four, four, running back two across his last six games. That is insane. Top four in five of six games. And his lowest was the running back 24. So not even like killing you. The best second round pick you could have made in fantasy leagues this year. Unbelievable. And, and no end of this in sight. The clearest cut every week you're going to get stats from this guy out of the Bengals. We'll talk about the receivers a little bit more up and down and t- trickier to figure out. Mixing no questions at all. Yeah, the receivers are trickier to figure out. But I will say this. They're, this is an inconsistent team. But yeah. when they're rolling, the Bengals can beat anybody. They really can. I mean, they have a very good defense and they have offensive weapons at the ass. They really do. Yeah. Uh, Cordero Patterson, 16 carries, 108 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, also had two catches, 27 receiving yards. The the receiving number is a little low for him. But, I mean, this guy's like legit running the football like a running back. Like, for, I mean, seven yards a carry? Come on. That's the most – by the way, that's a career high for him as well. Yeah, 16 carries this week, 64% of the running back load. That's the uh, second highest rushing running share of the season. 23 of his 29 snaps were in the backfield. So he's kind of like the full-time running back at this point. Uh, he did run 13 routes as well on 32 dropbacks. So heavily involved as a thir- third down back too. Every single thing you want to see as a usage monster. Just unbelievable. And it's just so telling that they hadn't scored a touchdown in two games without him. He comes back and scores to himself and they get back going again. He, he's real life-wise like – one of the most key cogs to a single offense in the entire NFL. It's insane uh, what he's doing. Similar to Jonathan Taylor, like honestly, like that vital to his offense. Obviously, Taylor's having a bigger impact, but still pretty damn impressive what this guy has done. AJ Dillon, these last few weeks, very impressive what he's done as well. 20 rushes, 69 yards, also five catches, 21 in a score, looking like a bull all day. 
He has now outscored Aaron Jones in each of their last three games together. I know this week, like, Jones coming off the injury was on a snap count. I get it. But the two weeks before that, that wasn't the case. And Dylan's kind of taken over, especially as a receiver here. He's been top 20 running back in four straight games. To me, he's in every down. Like, you, you can't question this guy in fantasy anymore, even with Aaron Jones coming back next uh, after the bye. AJ Dillon's the one that I would have less questions about being in my lineup as compared to Aaron Jones moving forward. I think a lot of question marks. He's going to take a pretty big hit on the big board, whereas Dylan will take a nice big rise up on the rest of the season big board. Eagles running backs plummeting. Uh, Eagles stock plummeting in general. Sorry, yeah. Denny Jennings. Miles Sanders down. Miles Sanders rushed nine times for 64 in the Eagles' uh, aforementioned Week 12 loss to the Giants. Boston Scott, 15 rushes for 64 after a Sanders ankle injury, which definitely hurt his workload. Uh, he also scored, and he lost a fumble. He had two catches for eight yards as well. Neither of these guys ran particularly poorly as far as yards per carry. Scott rushed for a little over four. Sanders actually was uh, between, you know, in the in the seven range as far as rushing. Didn't help. Didn't matter. The Eagles could not get anything done. We talked about Jalen Hurts, who actually also had a decent rushing day, uh, but they just could not move the ball through the air. And that was enough for the Giants to be able to knock them off in a, I want to say defensive battle, but I'm going to say more of just like a horrible offensive battle. Yeah, that, that's a much better way to summarize that. Miles Sanders hasn't scored a single touchdown this season in nine games. Really? Just, yeah, just to put that one out there. No Jordan Howard. It seemed like a lock this week. And of course, Boston Scott's the one that gets the goal line work, plunges it in there. I don't, it, it just sucks. I, I have Sanders. I've tried and hoped and prayed. It sucks. He gets the Jets next week. Like, I can't put him on my bench for that. But even still, it seems like Boston Scott's locked into the more valuable work here at this point. It blows. It blows. Here's the guy I benched for Tony Jones. I mean, Eli Mitchell was worse than this, but not by much. Javante Williams, a very solid game 14 carries, 54 yards, and a score. Uh, more impressively, three catches for 57 yards, which was a team high 57. Uh, we got a little bit of a dinged up Melvin Gordon. He did come back and ended up playing a lot of the game, but all those routes run were a season high here. It, we did see Melvin Gordon ultimately out carry Williams 17 to 14. So it's not like he has completely shaken him, but I, I'm at the point where Williams is so damn talented. I, I'm kind of I put up a picture of Bart Simpson at the, the chalkboard. I will not bench Javante Williams. I will not bench him. You need that for Eli Mitchell for your self-truth. Like we will not bench these guys, these talented running backs that see meaningful volume each and every week. Mitchell certainly more of a lock than Williams, but he is so damn good and the schedule is too damn tasty. I won't be benching him ever again. Just to be clear, and I know I said this before, I, I don't I'd never doubted Mitchell's talent. I think he looks great. I, I was genuinely concerned that he wasn't gonna play or he was gonna be a scarecrow. And I was yeah. just completely wrong. Uh, he's a, it turns out he's like a seriously very tough guy. That's the, the one of the toughest the report yeah. on him is he's just a real tough guy on top of everything else. So not nothing to not like about Eli Mitchell. I mean, I, I, cannot, I cannot imagine next season that he's not the undisputed RB one. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Breaks his hand. The game where he broke his hand, he continued to play. Didn't even say anything to his coach about having any pain. And at the end of the game, it's like, Oh yeah, I think I might've hurt my hand a little bit. It gets x-rays like broken. I fucking love that shit. Like, I know it's messed up. You wouldn't want people to, like, be playing. What do you think Aaron – But still, I love it. No, but he's a badass. What do you think Aaron Rodgers would have said if he was hurt like that? <laughs> My hand is – should be amputated at this point, the damage I have done <laughs> to it. I, I don't you – know, fucking asshole. Uh, yeah, the turf toe injury, and then he runs it in, like, Scott uh, – I, I love it because the fantasy wise, I'll take the points. But, yeah, like, he is such a little diva bitch. <laughs> Daryl Henderson, though, another uh, strong game. Just a clear indicator. I know he's a little banged up heading into the bye. Back healthy, sees 50 of 62 snaps, 16 of 19 carries, 33 routes of 42 dropbacks. Got four targets, a nice healthy 10% share. Pretty decent for a running back. Found the end zone. Just a locked-in RB1 each and every week, if and when he's healthy, and it sure looks like he is right now. All right, let's talk about Miles Gaskin. Uh, Dolphins running back, uh, running back. Uh, committee is just a mess in general. Gaskin did get 16 carries for 49 yards. 43 of those came after contact. Don't get too excited. That's three yards a carry. He did score twice and he had two catches, uh, three yards on those two catches. That's total, not each. And it didn't really, I, I don't think much of it. They were playing a team that I would hardly even consider an NFL team right now in the Panthers. Yeah, 100%. It just, it's one of those things when you look at the box score, you'll see a big fantasy day from Gaskin. 
There's a lot of sketchiness to this one, though, with 15 carries for Lindsey, 13 for Ahmed, 12 for Patrick Laird. Uh, you know, like, what the hell? So he's carrying the ball like a third of the time. Right, right. And he's exactly. getting three yards a carry. Those were actually snap shares, rather. 37 oh, okay. for Gaskin, 15, 13, 12. But we did see six, three. You know, it, it was just a mess. I, I it, Only 48% of the running back share went to Gaskin this week, 6% of the targets after he had three straight weeks of 83 or more percent of the running back rush share. So just a, as good as the box score looked, definitely some underlying concerns here. If they just randomly decide, let's put in Lindsay at the stripe and he ends up scoring the two touchdowns, it would be a, a disaster of a game for him. So he bailed you guys out, but definitely important to note there. The, the Patriots backfield definitely becoming a, a bit of a nightmare here, given that Harris played 55%. Uh, saw 55% of the rush share. Stevenson, 45% of the rush share. Bolden, 12% of the target share, whereas the other two were at 3% or lower. Just the classic dreaded Patriots three-headed committee that we've come to know and hate as fantasy owners. Real life-wise, I love it. They're playing bully ball. They're smashing people in the mouth. But it's one of those things where it's pretty clear, like once they're in for the drive, unless it's third down, Bolden will come in. Harris will get all those snaps. So if he gets the goal line touches there, Great, he did score one. Then the next drive, Stevenson's in all the way. Maybe he'll plow it in, but it's not like it's like a clear cut. I know this guy's getting the touchdowns and this guy's not. It's a it's a nightmare mess of a committee. So it, those guys have to rank. As talented as they are, as good as this offense is, I, ranking them inside the top 25 moving forward is going to be tough to do. Uh, we're, I'm not, I refuse to let us spend more than like 20 seconds on this next one. Jets, running backs, yeah. post Michael Carter. Um, <laughs> you know, Three guys split up the backfield carries. Tevin Coleman, about half the snaps. Austin Walter, who J.J. Zacharyson says is definitely a person. <laughs> and Ty Johnson, 19%. By the way, when I was like bashfully talking about my options other than, uh, you know, Tony Jones, I was like, Tevin Coleman. And you were like, ooh, Tevin Coleman, you should do Ty Johnson if you're going to do a Jets person. It's like, yeah. now I didn't do either of them, so I have no moral high ground. But Ty Johnson, not the play on any planet last week. Don't touch the Jets backfield. You'll just hate yourself for it the next day. Yeah. There's nothing redeeming about any of these guys. <laughs> I get Austin Walter. I, he kept popping up on my red zone. He scored the touchdown. And I was like, who, who <laughs> it's fucking, Oh Ty, yeah. A lot of questions about Ty Johnson going into the week. And thankfully we said to avoid him uh, for most of those questions, but yeah, pretty gross, pretty hideous. Indeed. Dontrell here, this last backfield we want to break down is the Titans. Given that it was, uh, pretty impressive showing from all these guys. Hilliard, the most impressive, especially with that long touchdown run. He racked up 131 yards on 12 carries. Uh, the first Titans, uh, first 100-yard rusher, I believe, New England's allowed all year. Did also score that long touchdown. Only one catch. That was kind of the surprise there, the receiving back. Foreman, if I'm not mistaken, also approached 100 yards. It was almost a near-even split with 32 snaps for Hilliard, 31 for Foreman. And both of them had pretty solid days uh, it, looking at the, the complete breakdown, 35% of the running share went to Hilliard, 55% to Foreman, 9% of the target share went to Hilliard, 4% to, to Foreman. So a pretty near even split, but they got it done. Uh, when this offense is lacking weapons, they seem to turn most of the volume over to the running backs and they performed pretty well. So both of those guys, Hilliard out there in a lot of waiver wires still, Foreman got dropped in a lot of leagues, worth looking for on your waiver wire to see if those guys are out there. Give us a like. Give us some love. We need it, especially me. We're going into wide receivers. Appreciate uh, and it. I remember you had been talking about it. I think I'm, uh, you were like, I think I'm missing an injury. Debo Samuel is who you're missing. Six oh, yeah. carries, 66 yards, two, uh, two touchdowns. That's to go along with one catch for 12 yards. What the hell is going on with this guy? He's a running back that averages 11 yards a carry all of a sudden. Unbelievable. I mean, good what for him. <laughs> Absolutely. What a, what a badass. He, he should be Alvin Kamara. Like, I wonder, I think he's a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe not this year, but the one after that. I would love to see a team turn him into an Alvin Kamara light. Uh, the, the 49ers kind of are now here down the stretch. As you mentioned, the groin injury, we wonder what I mean, will happen He's a great there. receiver. He is a great receiver. Absolutely. Like, he also just happens to be able to average 10 yards a clip on the ground. Right, 20 rushing attempts across his last three. You'd hope that continues on, but... He did avoid that major injury. He's going to probably miss, quote-unquote, a little time. So moving forward, that obviously boosts up Brandon Ayuk, boosts up, uh, you know, George Kittle moving forward. But, yeah, very solid game indeed. Jalen Waddle just continues to absolutely roll. 
nine catches, 137 yards, career high so far, another touchdown, picked up a run where he hit over 21 miles per hour, was the fourth fastest of the entire season among all players. There's one player who has two such runs on that list. Who would be your guess, Nat? Tyreek? No. Really? He might be number one on one run, but there's one guy that has two and three. Who else is crazy fast? Tony Jones? And this one, <laughs> it actually is surprising to me. Jonathan Taylor has really? two and three on the list for the fastest runs in the NFL so far. <laughs> hmm. That's interesting. I don't usually think of him as like a breakaway guy, although I guess he's got it. But I mean, that, I mean, he's awesome at everything. So why not? Once he gets chugging, yeah, unbelievable. But that's not to take away from Jalen Waddle, who's ripping through the defense deep on short. Seeing again, multi, you know, double digit targets almost every week. He's kind of like Deontay Johnson light, but now ascending as a talent. I mean, looking at the, your dynasty big boards and rankings, this guy has to be considered probably the best rookie receiver in this class at this point. Unbelievable. Love, love Jalen Waddle and everything he's doing this year. All right. We found out Elijah Moore is not Zach Wilson proof. Oh. Unfortunately, he was targeted eight times. He caught four balls for 46 yards. That's right around the stat line we would expect him to put up with Zach Wilson. Unfortunately, because the guy's a real talent, but, uh, you know, what can you do? Yeah, 35% target share, but doesn't matter. When it's coming from Zach Wilson, it just doesn't matter. No Corey Davis, it doesn't matter. Sucks, sucks, because the guy was, again, the wide receiver one across the last four weeks. The best receiver in fantasy coming into this week, to me, was a surefire lock in lineups. And I guess he didn't kill you, but certainly didn't help anybody win uh, this week either, which just blows. Someone who did, though, is Adam Thielen. 62 yards, two touchdowns on five catches. Just solid. Just a solid reminder. This guy remains one of the elite touchdown scorers at the wide receiver position here. He has three touchdowns across the last two games. Very solid. Very solid guy that as just Kirk Cousins locks into when they get into the red zone. Gets Detroit coming up this next week to continue to roll. Adam Thielen is so unsexy. But man, he's productive. Just gets uh, T. Higgins, we've been waiting for this for a while. He gets this big target share. It just seems like he should have produced a lot more than he has. He had six catches for a buck 14 and a touchdown. Uh, you know, everyone was eating against the Steelers, except the other guy who you expect to eat, which is Jamar Chase, did pretty much nothing. He was targeted three times. That was only 39 yards, no scores, nothing like that. Now, his PPR points over his last four games, 10 and a half. Over his first seven games, 20.9. So literally half of what he was getting the first seven games. I've A lot of people have said, I've heard this, and even a lot of people on our show have commented and said, there's no way he's going to keep this up. And I guess that's probably true. I mean, he had just very, very lofty numbers. Tough to keep that up for anybody, especially since Higgins had kind of been down for no real reason. Seems like they're starting to even out a little bit. I expect Chase to still bust back a little bit, but I don't expect to see him scoring 21 a game. Right, exactly. I mean, Higgins all season has been getting better usage, just performing below expectation, whereas Jamar Chase, he'd been performing nine points above on average, uh, what you'd expect given the typical usage based on our good old friend uh, Jackson Barrett, one of my favorite uh, writers we have there, one of my favorite articles to read, the uh, expected fantasy points. Higgins has been outscoring him in expected fantasy points all year. Yeah. Chase was just that productive, and he is that talented that he'll still have some of these blowups. But when he doesn't have that long bomb touchdown, it, it really hurts. And this was one that really kicked you in the balls. I had I had Chase and Higgins in a league, and guess which one I played? Of course, I played Jamar Chase. I scored that. I think I texted you that roster. Yeah, 40, you sent me the screenshot. That was incredible. 43 fantasy points. And you, you go down the list. Cam Newton was like a top 10 quarterback in most people's rankings this week. Jamar Chase, Michael Pittman. CMC. Top 15. Number one running play, running back play of the week. CMC. Paired up with a good old Tony Jones, fucking asshole. Yeah, Darren that was, Waller, that was my running back pair as well. Darren Waller probably ranked in the top three tight ends all week. Elijah Moore, the wide receiver one coming into the last four weeks. 43 fantasy fucking points. How, and and, and you weren't even a, like, like last week, not this week that we just had, but last week I was going into it. And I was like, I'm going to score like 70 points. Like my team's decimated. I'm missing like nine players. So I, when, I, when it happened, I wasn't shocked. Your team, you were probably like, I'm going to score like 130 points. I, I had finally gained some momentum, some traction in my league. Everybody was pretty healthy. And this is what the boys come out with. Fucking hated it. Oh, I hate that. That's my college buddies league. It oh, is a oh. bit, it's just awful that you always get to one of those leagues every year where it's just like, fuck, I, I can't do anything right. And that, that was one where everything seemed to be going right finally. And then they deliver that awful, just awful. Uh, personally, I like it when I get all that out of the way though, in one week, I, I'd rather have everybody on my team bomb. 
then like have two guys bomb and you know be like oh either because then hopefully they'll have something to prove next week yeah good all thing right. they all got injured while right except won. cmc who will never play again <laughs> darren waller and yeah right. they're, they're all down now yay like post roger uh, robert woods let's talk about the rams wide receivers cooper cup very intriguing you know just a, a quiet cooper cupish seven catch for 96 yards game just kind of creeps along and gets 17 ppr points uh obj uh, it was targeted 10 times, caught five of them, 81 yards, uh, and it, one of them was a long touchdown, like 50 yards. So that was interesting. He had a 25.6% target share. Not too bad. Van Jefferson targeted nine times, only caught three, but one of them was a really long one, like 70 yards, something like that. I don't remember if it was for a touchdown or not, but he had three for 93 in the Rams' loss to the Packers. Yeah, just nice, even distribution. Really, the, the big story to me is OBJ is back. You know, that deep bomb from Stafford, he was running wide open. Still has all the talent in the world. Uh, 19.1 PPR points, the highest that he has done since week four of 2020. So good to see the guy back. Good to see that he still has that that separation ability to burn the entire defense. Another guy that has that ability and just continues to roll week in and week out, that's Darnell Mooney. Five catches on eight targets, 123 yards, the second of his uh, career. But it really is helping him to have Andy Dalton, someone that could throw the ball. What a shock. I know Andy Dalton's nothing special, but Dan, having an actual QB is not hurting him. Obviously, Robinson being out has not hurt it as well. But Mooney, clear cut, like I think every week, top 25 receiver play, even when Robinson comes back. I think the only issue would be if Fields is back, then Robinson's back in a tough matchup, then we might have to reconsider. But the schedule is pretty soft moving forward. Uh, I I love Mooney. You got to have him in your top 20 receivers moving forward, in my opinion. Jarvis Landry was targeted eight times, caught six of them for 111 yards. That's a pretty good stat line, especially since we talked about just how bad Baker Mayfield looked in general. Donovan Peoples-Jones was less than 100%, and Baker spent most of the night looking for Landry, and that was why these numbers happened, I suppose, right? Yeah, and you see three explosive plays, according to PFF. That's not typically Landry's calling card, certainly while he's been hurt, not his calling card. So good to see. That, that he has a couple of those in his back pocket coming off the bye now. Uh, we'll see how he rebounds in, in future weeks, but nice to see that nice 100-yard day for Landry. Deontay Johnson, just want to reemphasize, 13 targets in or more in six of his last eight games. That's crazy. 75% of the time, he's going to see 13 or more targets. He's only had two games without 10 or more on the season. He's also seen 12 or more dating back to last year. In I think it's 19 of 26 games. That is just insanity, the volume this guy has. 30% or higher target share. Uh, he's the only person to now hit that six times on the year uh, alongside uh, Deontay. So it's Deontay Johnson, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, and weirdly, DJ Moore, who has not turned it into a ton of actual production. Those other three, though, I mean, that's where Deontay Johnson's ranking in volume. Pretty damn impressive. Let's talk about two guys that used to be studs and now are not. Cortland Sutton and Mike Williams. Mike Williams, I've been the beneficiary of that. Um, You know, here's his PPR finishes over his last six games. 73rd, 78th, 46th, 45th, 10th, 44th. So one time in his last six games, he's been better than the 44th best wide receiver. Once. And that was that game... Uh, just last week where he caught a big play at the very end of the game. So he would have been right in this category again. I mean, he's borderline benchable, you would have to say. Um, I don't have any better options, so I I can't. Um, When Cortland Sutton has not had Jerry Judy this year, 16.9 PPR points a game. With Jerry Judy, four PPR points a game. That, that is benchable. That is oh, benchable. Like he better be on benches. Like he right. should have been on benches long ago. Yeah, you can't play Sutton. And really, Williams like should be benched, I guess, if you really have no other options. But, yeah, t- tough to ever play that guy. I think they could both be benched for Kendrick Bourne. And this is kind of crazy. And the reason I wanted to put him on here, we got a lot of sit-start questions about him on Sunday. Uh, me and CJ did. We kind of like laughed and I didn't mean to scoff or be condescending. But we're like, Kendrick Bourne, why are we even thinking about this guy? And we, after the show, we pulled up before he even had the big day. We're like, oh, he's actually been kind of good. He, you know, had a couple blowups and he's had a decent floor. And then boom, he obviously has two touchdowns. And and all the people that ask us questions are probably like, fuck you assholes for being so uh, fucking pretentious when we talk about Kendrick Bourne. But yeah, out there in almost all your leagues and a two touchdown day, Mac Jones loves this guy in the red zone. He's making great contested catches just as a Pats fan watching the guy do some work. He's a, he's a great addition. Belichick loved him. Uh, he went out and got him, and he's using him to the fullest. Just kind of like 
Belichick always does. Matt Judon on defense and the Belichick coach, the Belichick GM. This is what I just want to have this guy on here to talk about how awesome the Patriots are for just a quick second. They're the sure. fucking tits, and I'm loving it right now. Let's keep this rolling in New England, baby. Yeah, it's almost eight. We got to hustle. Deshaun Jackson caught three out of his four targets for 102 yards and a score and the Vegas 36-33 win over the Cowboys. The one that he scored on, it really seemed like he was maybe going to do something stupid again as he was running into the end zone. He was like eight, ten yards out. He kind of started slowing down and doing this. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to, like, fall out of bounds or he's going to drop <laughs> the ball. He didn't. He scored. But it's like, man, there nothing is ever easy with this dude. It's nobody – he has to have, like, the record for – the worst near the goal line type of antics of any player that's ever existed. Probably. I don't think too many people had him going in fantasy, maybe in DraftKings and things like that on the Thursday slate. So hopefully that didn't cause anybody else heart attacks, but yeah, that, that was awful. And last, but not last and least let's, Please. let's very much Please. emphasize how bad this guy is. 33 yards for LaVisca Chenault. <laughs> Everybody's gotten hurt at this point. Everybody, every ETN and then shark. Uh, the, Agnew, who's like fucking Agnew. The fact that Lavisca's not beating out Agnew in the first place was insane. Okay, everyone's gone, right? Oh, let's who's gonna score? Tavon Austin, first touchdown in like four years. Lavisca Chenault. I, I, I don't know why anyone's still hanging on this dream. He's forty percent rostered, which just blows my mind. He should not be owned anywhere. People Rick love this guy me. in the preseason. I never understood it. Yeah. I, I never understood liking anybody on the Jags, to be honest. But like, yeah, he, he's he's who I thought he was. He played fewer snaps than Laquan Treadwell, who hasn't like there you go. been on an, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, what else do you need to know? Let's get on to tight ends. We have a few names, as you said, we're gonna be yep. right to eight o'clock. We've got about 50 questions. Love that yes. Wolfpack. Get those thumbs up in there. And anybody new here that might not uh, have done so already, please get that subscription in if you like what you're hearing. Uh, we're getting towards that 2K goal. Would love to hit it by the end of the year, guys. Yeah. Thank you again so much for being here. We will get to all those questions. Let's get to over 50. Here we go, Wolfpack. Let's wrap Dawson it up. Knox, he got targeted three times. He only had 32 yards. He caught all of those, but he had two scores. So, I mean, that's a great tight end game. Oh, yeah. Monster, 16 points. Here's my, my Kelsey fill-in. I love him to death. I'm going to be rolling out that uh, double tight end flex oh, situation yeah. moving forward. The fact is, too, like he was about a 50% snap share player last year. He's been on it all but, like, two snaps a game now. He's kind of taken over. It's Now that he's back, Cole Beasley's been relegated to just about nothing. Similar to Emmanuel Sanders. The reason why? Dawson Knox being back, baby. He's a stud. Rob Gronk, another stud. Just looking like he's as good as he's ever been in his prime. Seven catches on 10 targets, 123 yards. Uh, monstrous performance. And this is following up. You know, Six catches for 71 yards. He's been a top five tight end every single week that he's played more than eight snaps. He had that one game where he played it and his back flared up and then he was out. But he's getting it done in the red zone. He's getting it done now all over the field. To me, he's looking like maybe the most valuable player on that entire offense. Like, yeah, they have all those receivers and they're all great, but they really do hum at a different level when they have Rob Gronkowski in there. Love everything about this guy. Jack Doyle, a guy we've had some history with at the RSJ, <laughs> the Beanstalk on, yeah. himself, uh, with kind of a fluky game, targeted seven times, caught six of them, 81 yards and a touchdown. It's a nice play, the one he scored on. Um, he has been targeted at least five times in each of the past three games, so he's clearly their top tight end pass catcher for whatever that's worth. Yeah, Pat Fryermuth as well, another guy with Eric Ebron on the IR. The three games he hasn't had Eric Ebron for, it's been top 10 in all of them, top three in two of those three. Lowest target share of the, the season, 10.3%. Really nothing until the last couple drives, but ultimately hauled in another beautiful score. Just you, you see the guy oozing with talent. An awesome player. Love to see it. Kyle Pitt, since week seven, he's averaged over six targets a game and a 22% target share, which is pretty damn good. Uh, interestingly enough, in that span, he has not been a top 10 tight end once. Pathetic. What, yeah, what's going on? Uh, yeah, at, at this point, you, you don't get it done. He kept being like, okay, so he's drawing number one covers from these really good defenses. We can forgive it, and we'll get to him. When you go two of six for 26 yards against the Jags, it's done. The, the pitch show, at some point, you know, he looked so good on a couple of those games this year. That's like, okay, I see the talent. I know the future. It should be bright with this guy. But it's not like that dominant, you know, Florida best prospect we've ever seen. Omega unicorn that no one He's. It's not it. It's not it anymore. Stop holding out hope, folks. And Hunter Henry. They were all limited in practice. But he was the one uh, that hauled in three catches. 49 yards. Uh, Johnny Smith, that is, had that in. Whereas Henry went backwards for two catches and 16 yards. It's 
I don't want to sit here and say that like Henry's officially lost number and on this team locked in for a touchdown a week. John o. Smith taking over the the target share, the yardage share. Maybe it was a revenge game against his old team, but just a concerning trend and and knocks Henry out of that every week you must start type of territory. I think that's everything, Nat. Yep, yeah. that's everything we got here. If you think we missed a rise or a faller, please let us know in your comments. Otherwise, it is time for Wolfpack. Like anybody that's watching. still with us right now, the fact that there's 14 people still here watching us and we're yeah. like uh, 15 Talking minutes Talking about nothing in the comments, off. right? Thank yeah, you. exactly. <laughs> you guys are the legends. We love you so much. On your way out, if you haven't already hit that thumbs up button, please do so. If you haven't subbed, uh, please do so as well. Help us get to that 2K goal. You guys are always the best. You can find all our content at RoadStreetJournal.com. We'll be updating our rest of the season big board. I know a lot of the trades are already over, but it is cool to see things like Eli Mitchell being in my top 10 overall. At this point, things of that nature. Check it all out to see all those rises, falls, trade value charts from Jackson, all that good stuff. Because in a world full of fancy sheep, we'll help you be that wolf. Later, guys. Later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, oh, oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go. But at least we stole the show 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 Old-fashioned football right there, folks.